This week on Not Sam Wrestling, we've got the Michael Jordan of wrestling figure collecting. Former United States champion, intercontinental champion, tag team champion, Zack Ryder is on the show. Plus, we're going to preview all out. We're going to talk about the big live Not Sam Wrestling show coming to Caroline's on Broadway, Times Square, New York City, Sunday, September 8th, 7 p.m. Tickets at carolines.com. This is Not Sam Wrestling. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Here he is. Let's start the damn thing. Welcome to Not Sam Wrestling. It's going to be a fun one. It's always a fun one. I always tell you it's going to be a fun one, and it always is. Welcome to the show, everybody. So, I was looking over all your feedback from last week. When I talked about uh, what I was thinking when, you know, quite honestly, professional wrestling kicks it into high gear this fall with no end in sight. I mean, AEW's putting tickets on sale for TV taping after TV taping. Ads for NXT every Wednesday on USA are littered all over Raw and SmackDown. This is for real, bros. This is really, really happening. I can't wait for it. I can't wait. Um... And I think we are going to go with the plan. So starting uh, probably the first week of October, I think, we're going to have two podcasts a week. We're going to have the standard podcast with probably an abridged version of the State of Wrestling where we'll cover SmackDown and pay-per-views and do an interview every Monday on Not Sam Wrestling. Then every Thursday... We're going to do a Not Sam Wrestling update, and that's going to be uh, just topical stuff. It's going to cover Raw. It's going to cover AEW. It's going to cover NXT and anything else that happens in the meantime, in between time. But I feel like so much is going to be happening with wrestling once the fall begins that one podcast a week, if we really want to get into it, is not going to be enough. So that's the plan. Uh, Set your calendar starting October. We got a, a month left of the podcasting the way we've been doing it every Thursday morning first thing when you wake up and my goal is so you're going to be sitting there going okay well Monday the podcast is going to come out my goal is and this is going to be tough if I'm on the road with WWE for some of it but I'll still I'll figure it out the goal is going to be immediately after the pay-per-views to record those state of wrestling segments so I can get the podcast up the night I can get the podcast done so that first thing Monday morning those podcasts are up and the same thing Thursday will be an afternoon release Thursday will happen because Wednesday night will go down um I will go to work I will come home the Thursday podcast will be an afternoon release it will go up when it goes up on Thursday uh usually early afternoon Monday, I'll still plan on doing it first thing Monday morning. And everything that I do, whether it's on Sunday night, whether it's uh, the the Thursday podcast, when the Thursday podcast gets recorded, I'll record it here in the Not Sam Studio, barring any reason for it not to be recorded here in the Not Sam Studio. And when that is recorded, I will do it live on Patreon. You will be able to watch the video, live stream it, contribute, interact, whatever you want to do. Everything that we record for the podcast besides the interviews will be done live on video. So if you're on Patreon, 
Uh, Patreon.com slash NotSamWrestling. If you're a NotSam show, you can watch everything that we do live and then you can watch the video of all of it uh, after it gets done as well. Exclusively at Patreon.com slash NotSamWrestling. So that is the plan going forward in the fall. And I guess the last grand hurrah before we really uh, start to move towards the fall will be the big live show that we have coming up. So uh, my birthday is September 6th, September 8th. I have never done a live show to celebrate my birthday before. And, you know, things kind of lined up. So this occurred on my birthday weekend, but I figured why not? Why not? If it's going to be my birthday, why not celebrate with as many of you guys as I can get to show up? to a New York City comedy club. Why not get as many Not Sam Wrestling people into Caroline's on Broadway as we can and just have a celebration, right? It's going to be a live show, and I'm not saying it's going to be a celebration to kind of downplay what your expectations are. Expectations should be high. I've been working really hard. Uh, you know, I've been off of my Sirius XM show for this week. Jim and I have been on vacation, but I haven't been traveling. I'm not on vacation, so in the meantime, um, make, creating a ton of content uh, for the Not Sam YouTube channel. I'm doing wrestling podcasts, of course. Uh, I'm getting video content done that's going to be first available on Patreon, then on the Not Sam YouTube channel. Uh, and I'm putting together what I need to put together for the big live show at Caroline's on Broadway. And I tell you, I always have a bit of a feeling of dread when the process begins. Because really when the process begins, I have an empty sheet of paper in front of me and a commitment to Caroline's to put on a show and a commitment to you guys that I'm going to put on a show worth paying whatever it is, 20 bucks, I think. It's not expensive, 20 bucks. Worth paying 20 bucks to go see. And I go, okay, I got to figure something out here. And we figured some stuff out here. I mean, this show, the last time we did a live show that was officially a Not Sam Wrestling show, we did one show in February at Caroline's, but it was the... Not Sam Wrestling Major Wrestling Figure Podcast dual show. That wasn't an official Not Sam Wrestling live show. Really, it was more of a Major Wrestling Figure Podcast live show, I think. The last official Not Sam Wrestling live show was way back in January in Phoenix. We had Tony Hinchcliffe, we had Renee Young, we had Corey Graves, uh, and we had Pat McAfee. And we had a blast you guys packed out the venue in Phoenix. We were uh, watching some clips from the Royal Rumbles uh, of past, goofing around, making jokes. Uh, the last time we did an official Not Sam Wrestling show at Caroline's, it was over a year ago. It was to celebrate the 200th episode of this podcast, and the lineup for that one, if memory serves, was Bruce Pritchard, Dalton Castle, Corey Graves, Pat McAfee was there for that one too, um, and I think that was it. I'm not sure if anybody else was there for that one, but, um, this one, if everything pans out, might be one of my favorite lineups ever. And that's a, that's a, that's a big hurdle to get over. You know, I'm trying to get re as much representation as I can get. I'm talking, uh, I'm trying to get some main roster representation. I'm trying to get some WWE Hall of Fame representation. I'm getting representation from the announced staff. You know, I'm trying to get as much uh, representation as I can on that stage so we can entertain the bejesus out of all of you. So if I could recommend you do anything, it's to come 
celebrate my birthday. Look, at this point in my life, if I'm going to throw myself a birthday party, I'm going to try to make sure it's not lame, okay? Like, there'd be nothing more depressing than sitting there and realizing this party sucks. I'm an adult. What have I done with my life? So the pressure's on. And guess who ain't going to crack? Yours truly, the last professional broadcaster. Get your tickets now. Uh, I'm trying to keep as much a surprise as possible. I think it's going to make for a much more special show if I keep as much a surprise as possible. And quite honestly, I want those people who decided not to go to this show to just be looking at Twitter and Instagram and just feel FOMO, just in, in the pit of their belly. Just get that FOMO feeling. So it's going down. It's happening. Sunday, September 8th. A week from Sunday, 7 p.m., Caroline's on Broadway in Times Square. It's the night before Monday Night Raw returns to Madison Square Garden, uh, and it's going to be a barn burner, okay? Get tickets now. Carolines.com. You can also go to my social media. You can go to NotSam.com. They've all got links to get tickets to the big live Not Sam Wrestling Show at Caroline's on Broadway. Uh, speaking of that, we got news uh, as it pertains to Raw coming back to Madison Square Garden. We will absolutely talk about that in the State of Wrestling segment. We're going to talk about AEW. We're going to talk about the fact that, look, we got two big uh, wrestling shows that are happening this weekend, both on Saturday. And I'm thinking that may mean that over on the Patreon page, we need to do, we might need to do two bonus shows on Saturday. We might need to do a one show that is a post NXT UK slash pre AEW show. And then we may need to do a second post AEW show on Saturday. Uh, you guys on Patreon already know what I'm talking about and you know how we do it. We'll go live on video um, for you guys that are indie darling and above, I believe. And then audio will come out for everybody that's any tier on the Patreon page, less than a dollar a week to become a member, patreon.com slash notsamwrestling. So we'll get into all that. State of Wrestling is going to be a big one. Uh, but we got a big interview this week. Speaking of the major wrestling figure podcast, uh, you know, we've had Kurt Hawkins on the show before. He's actually been in the Not Sam studio before, which is why, you know, way back in the day when he was making cracks about my collection, he knew it wasn't true. But we've mended fences since then. Myself, the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, as far as wrestling figure collecting goes, we've mended fences. We're all friends again. Um, and, you know, I've been, uh, I've been sharing with you guys some of the interviews that I did when I was in Toronto for SummerSlam. This is the last of the set. Uh, hopefully you collected them all. If you didn't, go back and download them. Uh, but Zack Ryder is the guest this week, and uh, it, was, it was media day. Zack Ryder decided to sit down, and you know, <laughs> most of these uh, shows, most of the people invited to media day were doing like five-minute interviews. Not only because there were tons of superstars there, so they wanted to get as many interviews as they could, but because it was the right thing to do. They wanted to, to be able to share these superstars with fellow journalists that were there covering this event. Me, Zack Ryder comes in, pulled up a couple of chairs, set a camera up on a tripod, pulled out my recorder with one microphone. I decided to go one mic on this one. After the criticism, maybe I'll go two mics on the next one. And we just talked. And, you know, the point was, in my mind, was to talk about wrestling. And I'll tell you right now, most of this is geek stuff and action figure talk. It is. But we get into personal drama. 
we get into wrestling stuff for sure. Uh, and it's a great conversation between myself and Long Island IZ, Zack Ryder. The Michael Jordan of wrestling figure collecting. Uh, you guys know I'm a big wrestling figure collector by now. I just got Ultimate uh, Edition Series 2, Shinsuke Nakamura and Bret the Hitman Hart in the mail. Uh, they're amazing. I'm going to post them on my social media, but these Ultimate Editions that Mattel are putting out are just next level. Uh, and I think that Zack Ryder is also very happy with them. We don't talk about Ultimate Edition, but we talk about a whole lot. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest this week from the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast is the man himself, Long Island IZ, Zack Ryder. The Not Sam Wrestling Interview. Hey guys, let me just take a second to tell you all about a new service that I found recently. We've talked about it on the podcast before. I'm talking about Monday.com. Now, Monday.com is a team management tool that improves your office workflow. Let me tell you all about it. You can track projects. You stay productive. You go through everything. No more emails and spreadsheets and random files and whiteboards and all that stuff. Monday.com is going to organize all of it and track everything in one place. If you're trying to get organized and you're trying to run a business properly, monday.com is the tool that you're missing. It's intuitive, so it takes almost no time to set up. It's flexible, which means that it can do basically anything that you need it to do. Think about how much time you waste searching through old emails, trying to find information. Oh, he said this at some point, but where was it? Where was that attached file? No more of it. It's a nightmare. Monday.com organizes everything in one place so you're not wasting time searching and searching and searching. It creates accountability. You're also not going to need to email people and say, hey, where's this thing I asked for? Hey, uh, what's your progress like on this? No, 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 no. With Monday.com, it's going to show you the project. You're going to be able to track the progress yourself. It streamlines everything. The platform is suitable for any size team. Whether it's me and Hot Dog or whether it's thousands of people collaborating across the globe, Monday.com keeps you in line. It's so effective that your meetings are going to be finished. No more long, boring meetings trying to figure out who's doing what. New tactics for staying organized doesn't matter. You know why? Because Monday.com is already doing all of it for you. That's why I'm recommending it. Monday.com. And if you go to Monday.com slash not Sam, they're going to give you a free, free... 14-day trial, just because you listen to this show. No commitment. You can check out monday.com. You can see for yourself how helpful their software is. Once again, it's monday.com slash notsam for a free 14-day trial, and make sure that you use that exact URL, because if you're using my URL, there's going to be additional savings if you choose to sign up. Monday.com slash notsam. You'll be so much better off for it. Let's get back to the show. For the first time on the podcast, except for the live podcast, ladies and gentlemen, Long Island Ice Z, Zach Ryder is here. Two bros, one mic. <laughs> right? <laughs> Sam Roberts is one mic. Yeah, one mic. What do you need more than one mic for? I like to maintain control. I have the same uh, Zoom podcast recorder as you. But even I use at least two mics. What don't you like that there's there's four mic inputs and yeah. I'm like, we're using one, mine. So when Hawkins and I interviewed the Singh brothers, we made them share one mic. So it's two Sings, one mic. Right. Yeah. But you, if you have that recorder, you could put three mics in. Right. But you didn't want to no, for the Sings. I had one. Hawkins had one. And the Sings had one. Okay, you could have put four in too. I could have. But you didn't want to. But they were lucky enough to be on the show. 
I love too that you're like insulting them the whole podcast and you're like, you guys want to do the show? And they're like, yeah, sure. Yeah, they love it. <laughs> I, Singh Brothers have the best social media in WWE history. Why is that? Do you follow them? I think so, yeah, but I don't know if I, I mean. I want you to go back <laughs> through their timeline and just scroll. Is it Twitter or Instagram? Either or, it's the most ridiculous. Any event that's going on, they can somehow relate it to their childhood. <laughs> oh my God, 20 years ago, my dad turned on the television. Bret Hart was on it. And now, 20 years later, I'm in catering and Bret Hart is in the same room as me. <laughs> it's like... It's You're like, in catering, though. But, you know, it's like, whatever it is, they'll, yeah. they'll somehow turn it into this like, inspirational story, and I love it. Have you? Are you surprised at how successful the, the figure podcast has been? I feel like absolutely not. You're not. You knew it was, this was going to happen. Of course. <laughs> of, course. Of, course. of course. Of course. I mean, I kind of feel like in a year where you and Hawkins finally got back to the top of the mountain, yes. you won the tag titles at WrestleMania in your hometown. I feel like wrestling is still your secondary career and po your podcasters who happen to wrestle on, on your off days. I mean, I love the podcast. It's great. It's a great creative outlet. I love wrestling. I love wrestling figures. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, this has been a great year for us with the podcast. We had some beef. We've uh, squashed it. Your hair looks beautiful. Your beard looks great, by your the way. Your beard looks really good, too. Thank you very much, yeah. Sam. Uh, but yeah, it's been, a, it's been a hell of a year. Almost one year of doing the podcast. Um, I'm proud of it. I'm proud that we do some live shows. Uh, I'm proud that we have merchandise. We have our own action figures coming out. Uh, I mean, it'd be great if we had, like, Mattel Elite figures coming out, but we know that's not happening, so... You had to make your own. You had to make our own, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We, we got screwed. I was a, it was a Comic-Con. It was a San Diego screw job over there. It really was. <laughs> and at first, I'm like, okay, like, I didn't even... It didn't really even occur to me that they didn't introduce new Hawkins and Ryder, because I feel at some point, they're going to have to put them out, I'm sure. But then I was like... Why would they ask those guys who are the biggest figure fans in the world who have brought, like, the figure community... I mean, you guys brought the figure kind of back alley world into the mainstream. Bro, don't give me... Bro. They ask you to host it. They're clearly thinking, right, that it's like when, when a girl goes, like, you should ask my friend out. And you go, oh, yeah? Okay, I'll ask her right. out. And she goes... Yeah, no, I don't want to go out with you. Well, we talked about this briefly on our podcast, the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. You never get the name right, the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. I get it right now. I didn't yeah. get it right when we were beefing. So, like, last year, Hawkins and I, we couldn't have been two bigger jabrodes, right? right. <laughs> and we got new figures at Comic-Con. Right. I got a retro, right? <laughs> R.I.P. retro, by the way. Right. Oh, they're on Long Island Ice-Z. They're on a hiatus. Hiatus, hiatus. right? Yeah, hiatus. we've heard that before. So this year, we're like, oh, we got the podcast, we got Figure It Out, we're in the Elite Squad, we won the titles at Mania, we're back on TV. I mean, that's oh, true. God. The retro thing is so true, because like it was, it was, you weren't doing anything, it was your old gear anyway, when you were, I mean, and you, they're just like, there's only a few guys that are getting retros, you're one of them. I couldn't believe it. I'm not going to I didn't deserve one, but I'm, of course I want it. It's incredible. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, this year, they're going to give us battle packs, <laughs> maybe some true moves, definitely Elite. Yeah. So we're the hosts, so we have the script, which, by the way, was a, it was a pretty long script to memorize. You know, we're pros, you know, so we handled it. But in the script, it says, figure reveals, you know, Zach and Kurt react. But we don't know what the reveals are. We just know, like, okay, here are the reveals. So every time they're thrown to the reveals, we're like, this here is it. Come. Here we go. Oh, here's Keith Lee. Here's Lucha House Party. <laughs> Keith Lee. You know? Yeah. Nothing against those guys, but no. I'm like, where's Hawkins and Ryan? No, but, but Bill McKenna's NXT bias started shining through, is what you're saying. He got H-A-R-D. <laughs> just, just watching NXT and designing these figures. Yeah. But B, I've, I said this on the pod. It's like... 
it's like you've been dating this girl for a long time, right? And and things are going great, or you think they're going great, you know? And it's time. And she's sending you signal after oh, signal, signal after signal. signal. Yeah. Right, right, right. DM after and pictures, everything, right? And you're like, okay, this is it. I'm gonna tell her I love her, right? And you you get this courage. You 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 dig deep down and you get it. You say, babe, you know, I love you. And she just looks at you, doesn't even say anything back. That's how I felt on stage <laughs> with no reveals. When did you realize the reveal wasn't coming? Because you got to be sitting there when going. I got to the end of the script, it said, "Okay, guys, the card, the, 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 the card panel's over." I said, "What? Well, it's over? <laughs> what? No more reveals?" Because <laughs> you're probably sitting there going, "Like, I mean, I guess they could be saving it for the very end just That's to get I'm our thinking. reactions, right, right. right?" Like, and then they're like, "You're like goodbye." And you're just like flipping through, is there, and one more thing, and oh, are you waiting for like one of the Mattel guys, then, hey, before you guys go. Oh, like, I see like, like uh, Steve has some things like in it, but it, no, those are like the Kofi and the Becky prototypes, like, <laughs> is there a Zach and Kurt in there? I mean, we're not going to complain, I'm not complaining about it, it was, it was, it was disappointing, that's it. But it's, it's so funny that like. It's so Zack Ryder. I know, that you guys, you both get elites, Hawkins gets the chase, you get the, the red, white, and blue with yeah. the jacket and, and the sunglasses. Two years ago at Comic-Con, I got that. Right. Yeah. But, like, you've, you've had those moments, and it's still, like, they find a way to still make it hurt, don't they? Yeah, it's mean, never going to be enough. I mean, I love Mattel. I love those figures that we've had. But I thought this year, for sure, we'd get some. This was the year to do it. It hurt you. They, they hurt, it hurt. It, it hurt. It hurt. It just, it hurt. Yeah. I'm not mad. I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. What were you more? But this is what I'm saying. I, I, I think like when you found out, when you lost the tag titles, it was like, oh, okay. No, yeah. this was way more disappointing. Right. One hundred. Like, no question. Right. I, this was more disappointing than losing the Intercontinental title. You lost it after a day. I'm very proud of that. Yeah. I just explained to someone I would rather have the title for one day uh -huh. than have it for five and a half months. Why? Is that because then the moment just lives as the moment? It's, it's, it's so Zack Ryder to finally win the title and lose it the next day. That's my career. Yeah. That's, that's your my, legacy. That's, that's my story. Yeah. That's the whole... To, why have it for a month right. and lose it to Cesaro at Backlash or whatever? You know, like, right. lose it the next day. Right. But isn't it great? Yeah, you've had two... Well, I guess technically if you count the Eve Torres kick, three WrestleMania moments. Okay, yeah. Right, like... And well, we did run in the main event of WrestleMania. Oh, that's four, WrestleMania 24. And I've been in, like, every battle royal there's ever been. Well, I don't know if those kind of moments. <laughs> I'll give you 24. the 3MB threw me out of the battle royal uh, WrestleMania 30, and it wasn't even on TV. It wasn't even, uh, it wasn't even filmed because there were so many bodies in the ring. So that doesn't count. That definitely does not count. No, so, you, like, your elimination wasn't filmed? Right. right. <laughs> it's like it just happened in the background. It was one of those where, like, we're down to 20. Like, was Zack Ryder in this? No, I don't I know. know I, I, I don't know. I didn't even sweat in that match. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it, I mean you you if you could find a way to have all those WrestleMania moments, what difference does it make if you're losing the titles later? Like when you go and make the best of real, it looks like a million bucks. Million bucks, right? Uh, the million dollar broski they exactly. call it. Uh, yeah, it, I mean look, I've had the tag team titles twice, IC title, US title, the internet title. You made that up. Like that doesn't count as winning it. You just, you know you just bought it. Pat Patterson made up the IC title. He never won it either. We, I don't eat. <laughs> look at the look at the legacy of it now. I guess that's true. <laughs> and they did. Mattel even made an internet championship. And it's in the video game, yeah. so it's it's legit. It's, I guess it's it is legit. legit. Yeah, it's pretty legit. Yeah. I have it hanging up in my office with all my other titles. The major wrestling figure podcast title. Another one that you you made that one. Well, that one I made up. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. You, know, you you can buy that for your toys coming through to RingsideCollectibles.com. 
Right, right. With the podcast playset, too, you could buy, right? Yes, there's also a uh, tables, ladders, and chairs playset. Now, do you and Hawkins actually, I saw the podcast playset. Yes. Do you do your podcast at a commentator's table? Uh, we do it. Uh, <laughs> with monitors? We do it at a Courtyard Marriott. Uh, <laughs> with headsets and monitors? And no headsets. Oh, okay. uh, I did have a headset, but then my cat chewed on the cord, and I was too cheap to buy another uh, headset. So you just had to find a mic? What's that? You just had to find a mic? Like, is the mic headset? Oh, no. Oh, I just use regular mics. Oh, okay. But I think the commentator's playset, it kind of works as a, a podcast playset. I mean, it's good enough, right? You're gonna, I know you're not going to buy one. You're going to try to email John from Ring Center. I give it for free. I know you. I'm just going to go and do a figure review yeah, of it and know, be like, you mind so, if I take some of this? Oh, Sam Roberts over there. I know Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you don't have your own figures. Like, if I just didn't just make them? Yeah. I mean, I guess I could. Why not? You have such a huge, uh, huge fan base, huge following. No, that's true. Limited and I mean, run. It's all about limited run. I, yeah, that's right. That way it can be NWO sold out. That's what we do. <laughs> I know. Right. Who cares? Why, why have stock? Right. No, Stock, no stock. No, no, no stock. stock. Sell out, sell out, sell out move sell on to the next. Yeah, it's all about selling out. NWO sold out. I get it. And if I, it doesn't sell out, just say it sold out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but you're not. But I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Who's been your, your favorite? I'll be, I'll be honest. Everything we've done has sold out except for the Summer of Stomp package. <laughs> Believe it or not, yeah. our fans did not necessarily want Stomp in Paradise beach balls. When I, I'll water, tell you, water guns. when I saw, because I always keep up with what you guys are doing, when I saw the towels, I was like, okay, the towels are cool. Towels sold out, legit. But you only made like 50 of them, right? Right. Right, and I was like, okay, there's a super limited, they look cool, the logo's cool. Yeah. I got one for free, by the way. I know. I was uh, <laughs> um, but when I when I saw the beach ball package, I was like, seriously, if people buy the Summer of Stomp Don West beach ball package, like I'm like, now, this is this is like Oriental trading stuff. You know what I mean? I thought for sure this was going to sell out like in seconds. <laughs> so much so that I paid Don West my hard-earned money to film a commercial. I'm like, who cares how much it costs? These things, we're gonna be like swimming in the dough with this thing. We're gonna be making it all back. Look at all these mini super soakers I we're gonna sell. The website, I thought zombiesailor.com glitched. Because, <laughs> because like five minutes later, there were still so many left. You thought traffic was so massive for yeah. this drop. But it just turns out that people didn't really want the beach ball. We had a beach ball, a water gun, a koozie. A koozie. Uh, uh, a beach pass autographed by Hawkins and Ryder. Uh -huh. There was something else, sunglasses. Uh -huh. They didn't want it. <laughs> they just, I couldn't believe it. Our back scratchers sold out. Dog tags sold out. Shot glasses sold out. Summer stop package. Didn't quite sell out. But if you came to our live show, we gave the rest away. So technically, they're gone. There's no stock. There's no stock. That's, so, what's, that's what's important. They technically did sell out. We included them in the ticket price, kind of. You know? <laughs> yeah. so, Free gift. Yeah, so they're sold out. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it counts. I think it counts. You know, you made your money back. and You have enough merch. You don't have anything. Why don't you partner up a zombie for some pins? I guess so. Just your face with the beard. You think? I, yeah. Limited run. Limited. Yeah, you gotta sign the card back though. It's all about the signature. And you gotta make a nice card back, right? Zombie does that for you. Why don't you do it? I'll do it. 100. Here's the trick. You, do, you say limited of 100, but you really make like 125, and then you give their away, like to your friends, family, some giveaways. Got it, got right? it. People, some social media influencers. Yeah, yeah. You know that the Jurassic Park Mattel people said, I can't get uh, the Jurassic Park figures, I can't be an influencer? Why not? Politics, they told me. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So, so because you're on the wrestling side of Mattel, you can't be the Jurassic Park guy? I went over to the Jurassic Park section of comic and I was like, wow, these are great. You know, how come I... Because they put the doctor figure out, right? The, what's his name? You know, Malcolm, the... No, 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 the, 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 the old guy. John Hammond. John Hammond. 
doctor? I think he's a doctor. He started Jurassic Park, for God's sake. He found a mosquito in a tree. That's true. Anyway, so I said, oh, I would love to get send some of these. How come I can't, be, how, how do I go about being like an influencer for these? And uh, they said, oh, you can't. I said, oh, why not? Oh, politics. <laughs> I thought, I thought they'd want someone with two million followers posting pictures of their dinosaurs. Apparently not. No. Did you try to follow up on like what that meant or when they said politics? No, just, I, okay. I just said, you know what? Screw it. I just went on eBay and I bought the dinosaur I wanted for 40 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Toy politics. You Toy understand. politics. I get it. Isn't it Mattel that does it? Yes. <laughs> it's the same company. Same company. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I mean, you know, to be fair, I think that there is something going on because for whatever reason, every time I buy NECA stuff, I at NECA, I tell them I'm buying it, yeah. they never reply to anything really? I post, I nothing. Love, I love NECA. I love NECA, NECA too. I have all the horror figures, I have all the exclusives from Shout Factory, I have all the ultimates. You have the Ninja Turtles? No, I get the movie figures. That's what I'm talking about, the movie Ninja Turtle figures. No, I get the horror movie figures. Oh, the horror movie figures. I'm not a horror guy. No. You like cartoons. Yeah, well, I, yeah, that's true. Well, I was going to say, I was going to plug myself again. Uh, last year at Comic-Con, NECA made the VHS of the turtles. It looked amazing. And I'm on the back. Like no. instead of like having like uh, movie reviewers, it's like toy reviewers. <laughs> no, like these figures are sick, <laughs> Zack Ryder. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Did you keep it so is that one you kept in the box? No, but I uh, yeah, I kept, kept the, the box. box. Yeah. Yeah, NECA appreciates me. Yeah. Mattel. Eh. No, not so much. Not so much. Not in, not in the WWE or the Jurassic Park section. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> it's not good. Bill McKenna is sweating so hard right <laughs> He's now. Listen. He's not liking this. He's not liking it. No. Um so what did you? Uh, when did you kind of stop liking stuff? Like I feel like you developed your hobbies. I'm the same way. Yeah. You developed your hobbies as a kid, and yes. you were like, "No, this is the stuff I like: turtles, Ghostbusters, right. wrestling." And then maybe get into high school, you're like, "And boy bands." Sure. And you're like, "But and now this is just it for life." Well, I wouldn't say I've stopped liking things. Well, have you developed new hobbies and fascinations? I don't think I like Stranger Things. Okay, well, that's. I mean, what? It's a complete throwback. To, I mean, I like Stranger Things too, sure. but that's because it's a. Th- it's a. They reference like this last season of Stranger Things. Every episode had like 19 references to something from when we were kids. Well, every episode has that. Yeah. Well, that's why I love the show. I think nostalgia is in. I think uh, it's never. I, I think it's never been in like it is now. Yeah. And like you can go into Target and buy Ninja Turtles figures from 1990, like 1990 like style figures at Target now, or T-shirts or whatever. So like I love that I get to buy things from my childhood, things that were actually produced during my childhood. Now things that are like you know, like reimagining things from my childhood, or like the cooler versions of like the 1990 movie turtle figures. You know. Like they take the technology that they have now and just remake yeah. the old figures. Yeah. So, uh, but when did you decide, like, okay, I have my stuff, this is where I'm going? I don't think I necessarily decided that. I just think there's nothing really that's come out recently. But you're not like a Power Rangers guy. I was a little too old for Power Rangers. Right. N- nothing against it. Right. Like, my little brother liked it, so I watched it, but I, it wasn't really one of those things. Right. Stranger Things, I'm into that. Right. But I see what you're saying. So there's, like, you know, Ghostbusters, Turtles, Star Wars. But now, right. there's, but now there's new Star Wars. Right. So, like... So it is new stuff. It's yeah. just... Yeah, I know. I get it. I get it. Uh, do you like the new Star Wars movies? I do. I'm okay. not. I'm just. Listen, people are saying like it should be removed from canon. Like Last Jedi. You know what that means? Removed from canon. Removed from canon? No, I don't know what that means. Okay, so canon means like like. I don't even know how to describe it to you. I'm about to explain it, but I can't even explain it. Uh-huh. So people want that movie, Last Jedi, removed from the Star oh, Wars universe. Got it. They want it to not exist. Like that doesn't count. Which was the Last Jedi? Was the that last the movie? 
Not the J.J. Abrams one, the one after the J.J. Yes. Yeah. Want it, like, removed. Oh, that, yeah, that's the one that everybody hated because they said the first one was just like New Hope, right. but people liked it. Right. And then the set, but it was just like New Hope. And then the second one... Was too different. It was people, too different, yeah. Make me your minds. Right. First one's too similar, second one's too different. Come on, guys. Right. Like, the fact that we had these Star Wars movies in 2019 is incredible. But there's no way that... I didn't even see The Last Jedi. Of course not. But it's all Sam Roberts not seeing it or not yeah, doing it. Yeah, right. I didn't even watch it. But there's no way that The Last Jedi is worse than the three prequels. Absolutely not. No, right. Those prequels, listen, the prequels sucked, right. but I still love them because they're Star Wars. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. Right. You got right. to appreciate it. Right. Right. You got to be loyal to the brand. Of course. Right. And right. there's always something in there. Like, there's that essence of Star Wars that you're like, right. yeah, this like, sucks, but at least I'm in the world. Like, in The Last Jedi, like, they have Yoda, but he's like an old school puppet, not CGI. Like, I love that. I appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah, you forget about that stuff. Like, I went to see Ghostbusters, the first Ghostbusters, uh, at a movie theater, like, a year or two ago. They had it on, like, 35 millimeter or whatever. And, like, just watching it in that environment and seeing all, like, the puppets yeah. and the real sets and the no CGI. And I'm like, this is. It's like it's tangible like it just feels I like it so much better me too I hate the CGI stuff because if you watch it like five years later it's already dated it looks like eh you know what I'm saying as opposed to like a lot like for instance Ghostbusters the, the proton streams still look good you know what I'm saying like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes it's, it's it, I guess that is whatever technology that was but even like the terror dogs and the marshmallow man like that's not a real marshmallow man you know and it's it's not CGI but how they do it the practical effects and everything like that and the, the giant uh, giant you know how do you describe it it was a man and like a set and it's a miniature cars, but they made it look real. Like, yeah. it's, you know what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. It looks great. Absolutely. I think it does, too. And you know it's not, like, real, but you also don't, you don't, it doesn't, you still get lost in it. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because it feels like there's something going on. How about those Mattel Ghostbuster uh, Well, that's what, I was gonna, that's what I was going to ask you about. You oh, got segue. the, think about it. Is Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, John Cena, Rock, Stone Cold, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. I mean, I, I do think we should have been in the line, at least me, screw Hawkins. But the fact that we got these one of ones, it's really cool. I have it in my uh, my Detolf Zigglers. Do you have any Detolf? I've got a couple Detolf. Yeah, uh, I have it on display. It's 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 a great, uh, it's a one of one custom, whatever you want to call it. It's great. I'm honored to have it. And I will I will tell my grandchildren that it was really in the line. Right. Yes. That's a lie, though. It is a lie, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is a lie. Did you get to, is, is it, did they make two sets? So do you have a Hawkins no. and... I have the, I, it's like the two turtle doves from Home Alone 2. Like, like I have one and, and Hawkins has the other. So this is like your and Hawkins best friends necklace. Exactly. Now you're forever linked. Yes. Uh, crossing of the streams is bad, you right. know? Right. But, well, but, all right, think about it this way. One of one, but don't you think that like there's a, maybe a kid out there who at some point is going to be our age, right? Yeah. And is going to be a collector and they're going to be like, but you know what? The I got the Ghostbusters line, but I got to get that one of one, Zack Ryder. You're not going to get it. You're never going to get it. No, one. no. I don't. I don't like to sell my. There's there's things that I sell. I am the Michael Jordan of wrestling figure collecting. I've heard. Uh, but something like that, I wouldn't sell. Yeah. Like I would sell the Hawkins one if I had it, <laughs> but, but not the Zack. I'm a big Zack Ryder fan, believe I it or know, not. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, I know. I collect all his merchandise. Now, did you go through a period of time in your life where? Uh, your family or your friends were like, you're, you're too old to still be collecting. Of course. Like, when I was in high school or in college, like, I was embarrassed to collect. Oh, yeah. I would go to Toys R Us and always ask for that gift receipt. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, when they go, like, do you want a gift receipt? And you're Absolutely. like, yeah, of course. I mean, of course. these are for a kid, not me. Uh, 
But now I don't. I don't give a damn. I have a podcast about yeah. it. You know, I'm making a, a second living off uh, talking about toys. It is nice when you get to a place where you don't care. Because I remember when I was in college, that's when the classic superstars came oh, out, yeah. and when the two packs came out, I was in Syracuse. And I was like, I got to go to the Toys R Us in Syracuse. And they had that first wave, which was Rockers, LOD, and the Heart Foundation. And they had all three. And I was like, oh, my God. And not only was I like, did I grab them all right away? I had to go by myself, obviously. I couldn't tell the other people. But, like, I was so excited about it that you want to talk about it. Like, you want to tell somebody, I just found the two packs. And there was just nobody that I could tell without seeming like a total outcast. And that's how I initially bonded with Hawkins, is because we hated each other when we first met at wrestling school, because we were each other's competition. But then when we realized, oh my god, you're 18 and you still play with wrestling figures too? Like, finally somebody... By the way, you didn't just say you still collect wrestling figures. I still still had a fig fed, for sure. (laughs) Okay. I I no longer had a fig fed at 18. I did. You did? I did, yeah. I, I think we did, yeah, for sure. I was, well, I, I told myself I was just practicing spots for wrestling school. <laughs> you know? Yeah, my fig fed, I think it, it kind of ended when Bone Crunchers ended. Like, I got all the Titantrons, and I kind of messed around with them. But in terms of, like, I had a fig fed where I had, like, I would write down the match cards, like, the notebooks. Like, every card had a thing. I would do four Raws and then a pay-per-view. Four Raws and then a pay-per-view. But I think, so whatever year... Titantron kicked off, that's when I started to kind of, I think it was because the Titantron figures suck so much that I was like, I can't. The sets were so bad. Yeah. Except the Vince was good. The Vince was good. I, that, that's the Vince I have on display with my Titantron collection right now. Good. That's a good, that's the best Titantron Vince, the original. Yeah. It's a great, all jacked up and stuff. Yeah, yeah it's perfect. Yeah. But the rest of them are terrible. Like that Billy Gunn is horrible. Oof. Oof. So bad. Who else can you talk about wrestling figures with here, Sam? Nobody. 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 Now, have you... I'm definitely your best interview of the day. Probably the lowest, like, uh, views on whatever channel this is going on. (laughs) But the most interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Although, I mean, (laughs) our truth was just on here talking about God knows what. Okay. But people... Yeah. All right. You know. Um, Did you... Have you been surprised at the people that you've talked to in the locker room? Because you've had guests on the show that all have figure stories as well. Are you surprised at how outward they are with that stuff about how you've kind of, you and Hawkins have kind of opened up that world to the rest of the locker room being like, oh yeah, we did this too. I think it's a different era. Yeah. You know, when Hawkins and I got on the main roster in 2007, we were like 21, 22, and everyone else was grown men. You know, like Undertaker, Bob Holly, JBL. Those guys didn't grow up playing with LJNs. You, you know? didn't talk to JBL about his fig fed? No, right. Like they didn't they didn't grow up like collecting the foam fingers. They didn't grow up going, you know, so like it was a different era. And now I'm not, you know, now all everyone in the locker room grew up the same time we did. Like everyone, you know, we're we're, we're we've been there for so long, but we're still young, you know what I'm saying? So everyone now grew up the same yes. era, grew up with the the sleeping bags and the bed sheets and the the, the ice cream bar. Well, yeah, that's the difference that like and I've talked to people about this before that that all the guys now grew up fans, but in an era where it's like wrestling was like a live action cartoon. Right. You know? Before we go a step further, I want to remind you guys about one of the most loyal sponsors to the show, a sponsor that I hope each and every one of you is supporting whenever you get the chance. Of course, I'm talking about Seat Geek. Not only should you be supporting them because they're so loyal to Not Sam Wrestling, but because they're actually an amazing service. I mean, think about how many live event tickets that you can get out there. Millions of them, whether it's sports, live music, comedy. SeatGeek has all of them 
and they're all in one place. You see, they make it very, very simple. I have the app on my phone. Whenever I want to see if an event is even going to be in town, I can just put in my zip code. It tells me everything that's coming up. If I want to look for WWE, for instance, it'll say, hey, here's where the WWE tour is going. Here's where Raw is coming. Here's where SmackDown's coming. If I want to see the Jonas Brothers, who doesn't want to see the Jonas Brothers? I type in Jonas Brothers, and it tells me everywhere they're going. I click on the location I want to go to. It's going to open up a seating chart. I can see exactly where all the seats are, and then it rates each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. Green dots mean good deals. Red dots are overpriced. So you know if you're overpaying or if you're getting a steal and you know before you get to the venue exactly where you're sitting. Plus, you know you're going to be able to sit when you get to the venue because every purchase is fully guaranteed, which means you can shop with confidence. None of these weirdos that you're buying from on the internet and then you go to the arena and you're like, here's my ticket. And then the machine goes beep, beep, uh -uh. And you have to sit there and look at everybody and they go, who is this idiot that showed up to the venue with a fake ticket? And you're like, I'm the idiot. Can I get in anyway? And the guys go, of course you cannot get in. This is a fake ticket. And you're never seeing that money again. That'll never happen with SeatGeek. Because like I said, all of the tickets are fully guaranteed. It's no wonder SeatGeek has over 50,000 five-star reviews. It's so easy to use, it's guaranteed to work, and it's as transparent as it gets. All the information you could need is right in front of you. Plus, plus, because they're so good to us, and because they like you guys so much, SeatGeek is going to give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use the show's promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code SAM, S-A-M for $10 off your first purchase. That's promo code SAM for $10 off your first purchase. Look, WWE is coming to White Plains on Sunday. I'm planning on being there. I'm not worried about the tickets. You know why? Because SeatGeek has the hookup. I'm not going to get ripped off, and I'm get, they're guaranteed to be authentic. It's going to be an incredible time, all thanks to SeatGeek. You should have yourself an incredible time as well. Hit up SeatGeek. And put in that code, Sam. $10 off. Back to the show. So now everyone, they, they, they collect something, you know, whether it was a, you know, whether they collect wrestling figures or they play video games. It's a totally different era. Like back in the day, there's no way I could be like, uh, hey, Undertaker, want to hear about this <laughs> cool men on card fig I got? You yeah. know, like. Undertaker, did you get any mail aways right, of you? Right. Um, but now it's like totally different. Like now I don't care. For instance, like this year when I proposed to Chelsea uh, at WrestleMania weekend, I don't know if, if you know this story, I hid the ring in a uh, grapple gear Undertaker casket. <laughs> I'm surprised the ring fit in there because no figures could fit in there. <laughs> so I, I hid it in a casket because I knew that if like I had some figures in my bag, like Chelsea wouldn't even think twice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so like of course you're bringing your grapple gear with you. Right, of course. But uh, I told Miz the story at Access and then Taker happened to be in access to, and he brought me up to Taker, and I had to tell Taker the story. And like now, I don't give a damn. But like right. ten years ago, I would have been like crapping my pants. What did he say? He was laughing about it, yeah. you know. But like, uh, I would never have told him that story ten years ago. But now it's no. It's and so you shouldn't have ten years ago. But, like but now it, I can go up to him and be like, "What up, dude?" You know, like I don't yeah. care. Like I can just like talk to him, and, it's, and everyone's cool about it. So yeah. it's cool. Well, yeah. I mean, you've been here ten years, right? Like you've over ten years. Like it's like you're you're. 
You, a decade, you're established. A decade of decent. <laughs> I don't even know if decent is. You went through a few years. Didn't you go like a two-year run with no TV or something like that? That's not true. One year? I've, I've been on TV every single year, Sam. At least one. Oh, that's true because you got in right at the right at the end in December, right? Well, I was on SmackDown. Main event counts at Airs internationally. That's true. I mean, <laughs> look. WWE Network. Yeah. I've done commentary for main event. So, 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 I, ma- so main event's a big deal when you do commentary. But huge deal. I, but not when I'm wrestling on it. No, it's a huge <laughs> deal now. Now it's become a huge deal. I don't know what it was doing before, oh, but now it's a huge deal. Oh, man. Was that, by the way, don't you, like, isn't there a part of you that looks at Hawkins and goes, like, dude, we've been doing this podcast for a year. We are the representatives of figure collecting. For you to not have a mail away Hogan in your Hasbro collection, he got one now. He does have yes. one. Okay. I told him that I was. It was. It was disgusting. That and yeah. he, he was counting that Purple Heart Brett loose as a mail away. No, not no. In, out of a bag. Out of a bag. Yeah, forget it. No. no, there's no proof no, that that's no, a mail away. No. no. I. I uh, he now has the uh, the Hogan in the bag. Finally. Okay. He does not have Brett or Taker in the bag. I don't have Brett or Taker either, but I got I Hogan. Just, I understand that people. I want Brett and Taker, but that's like. I, I can let those slide because for years I didn't have them either because they're so expensive. There's nothing really that different about right. them. It's just to complete. It's just a completest thing. You need thing. it, but I can I, I can see why people do without. Yeah. But you need Hogan. You need. Of course, because Hogan's a completely different completely figure. Different. It's one of the best Hogan figures. I think it is the best. Yeah. I mean, he needs to be a little bit more tan. He's pretty tan, is he not? No, no, no. That that one's the one Hogan that's not tan at all. WrestleMania 9 style, it's great. Yeah, I like it a lot too. But Hawkins is a great little collection. A little, you know. <laughs> great little collection. <laughs> no, it's good. It's all right. I mean, he's not the Michael Jordan. You know. Scotty Pippen. You hear about LeBron James coming after me? He's been buying a lot of my prototypes. Oh, you don't listen to my podcast. You don't know. No, yeah. no. I, get, I mean, it's so much like. Like, uh, I mean, there's, there's so much. Like, oh, trade ski of the week. Like, you don't like trade ski of the week? Well, no, I enjoy it for you. Like, I, I, I'm happy for you guys. But when you're just like plugging people on Instagram, and I'm like, oh, they got more free figures. Like the trades the other week. It's for best wishes, eight by ten, or a signed like Rider Elite, signed Rider Retro, some Broski sunglasses and headband from 2011. Is it the rare Rider Elite? Which one? The first one. Hell no! So the USA jacket. <laughs> Dude, I have a whole stack of those and the retros. Joe does Walmart and Target. No, they don't. You, you go to a Target or Walmart, you show me a Zack Ryder. Well, they did for a long time. BS. I've never seen a Ryder retro on the shelves. What? Never. Oh, retro. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I was talking about the elites. I've never seen... I've seen yeah, no, the elites stuck around for quite a while. No way. Nobody was interested. You're, uh, that's incorrect, Sam. Nobody. No, this is not Apollo Crews peg warmer level. No way. <laughs> okay. Maybe, no way. Maybe not Apollo Crews. That's a, that's a lie, Sam. <laughs> BS. <laughs> no, the Zack Ryders did well retros. The elites did as well. All right, if you say so. I, hey, but I you got a royalty check. You didn't, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah, I use those as uh, little trade skis, and the fans appreciate it. And, and they love the best wishes 8 by 10 They do. When I have this, uh, this autograph signing on Sunday, fans are going to demand a best wishes. And you're going to say, bring your figures, because I'm going to need your collection. No, and I'll, get- I'll sign Zach Ryder, but if they want a best wishes, they're going to have to ask. I can't write best wishes on every autograph. Right. right. My, my wrist is going to get tired. <laughs> <laughs> Signing so many autographs. I love uh, following your show account on Twitter because that's where I get to see what it's always your stuff, I'm assuming, what you're looking for. Okay, Hawkins is bare minimum, Brian doesn't control anything. <laughs> I've, I've given him the passwords to all these accounts and he doesn't do it. Bare minimum, Brian. He doesn't even tweet about the podcast. He'll just like quote tweet my tweet and put like a thumbs up emoji or a flame emoji. Come on. Can't even tweet the, the, the podcast. 
I love your Twitter account though because I like to see what you what you're looking for, like what you've did, like your new obsession. Because right. like an obsession just clicks on, and you're like, okay, I need all this. I'm currently looking for. I was outbid, and not because like I didn't want to spend more money. I just forgot a foam Al Snow head. That's what I was bringing up. I saw. I was going through Twitter last night. Like I was in a bad mood because like tra- it took eight hours to get here from yeah. New York. It was ridiculous. And I started going through Twitter, and the only thing that brought a smile to my face is the major figure podcast sent out a tweet that said, if anybody has this for Trade Ski of the Week, it's one of the Al Snow foam heads. Al Snow responded to that on Instagram. He said, what does everybody want? <laughs> but he doesn't have one. He doesn't have one. Now, it's very rare. I had it as a kid, uh, and I don't know if I threw it out or lost it, but I, now it's not the ECW ones they gave out. It's no, the, no, no, no. It was no. sold at the, 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 the venue. The I think they had it, it was on the website or merch catalog for a period of time, too. Been. And it just has like a help me sticker on it. So yeah. if anybody has it, wants to be Trade Ski of the Week, hit me up. <laughs> Yeah, I never had that. I had a my mom got me a mannequin head that looked just like the one he had, and I wrote it. But it's not an official. That's so Sam Roberts right there. <laughs> Definitely, you you wouldn't buy the ten dollar foam head, no. No, I'm not trying. I mean, come on. What do I need to get that yeah. for? What do I need it for? Well, look, Zach Ryder. I'm glad things Where are going. Where you going, by the way? Your podcast? I'll put it on my podcast. Your little podcast? It's not a little podcast, okay? I'm, I'm Colt Cabana's the Godfather, and then there's me. I will give you credit, Sam. You've been you've been in this game for a while. Yeah. So I, I give you credit. You, you've been uh, hustling. Everybody gives me credit when they first start their podcast, and then they do better than me, and then they forget no, no, me. I don't give you credit for my podcast. That's not what I'm saying. I give you credit for, for being a hustler <laughs> and, and working hard, being a hard worker. Yeah. I remember meeting you. or not, I don't know if we met, but I remember doing an interview with you at Ringside Fest in 2011 or something like that. Yep. All these years later, you got that beard. You know, you're still, you're still here. You're still... You're, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm the Zack Ryder. I'm still here. I was sitting there, like, at Walmart last night trying to find a tripod to do this. And I was like, I can't believe I'm still doing this. Now, <laughs> yeah, look, you, WWE, they, they love you. It's great. Somehow you made your way to the, the goddamn program. It's great. I'm on, the, I'm on the pre-shows this weekend. I'm doing... It honestly makes me sick. It does. It, does. it really it does. does. It, does. It, does. it does. Part of me is, like, disgusted by it. And the other part of me is happy for you. I feel the same way about you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Zack Ryder. Thank you, Sam. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Here we are. It is time, as the Fink said, for this week's State of Wrestling, the top five stories in the whole world of professional wrestling as decided on by yours truly, the last professional broadcaster, Sam Roberts. Here we are. Uh, And my top five stories of the week, it's a loaded week for sure. Two big shows happening this week. As I said, um, I'm thinking that we may very well do two bonus video shows that will also be posted as audio shows for the Not Sam Shells exclusively over on Patreon.com slash Not Sam Wrestling. The first one uh, will be right after, I think, NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. That would be story number five as well. NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff goes down um, on Saturday. Now, look, let's not all pretend we're watching NXT UK every week. The amount of programming that WWE alone puts out. Now, they're adding at least an hour. At least. Bare minimum, we're going to have an hour of content added when NXT goes two hours. But with all the talk of Fox Sports 1 having WWE shows added to that platform... Some rumors rumbling of SmackDown being three hours long. Hopefully they'll just do a a talking smack instead of a third hour of SmackDown or something like that. But idea is there'll be even more content in a month or so. So, plus AEW. 
That's two hours right there plus pay-per-views. So I don't get to watch NXT UK every single week. However, I watch all of the live specials. And so far, they have not struck out once. And that goes back to the original UK championship tournament when uh, Tyler Bate was crowned the first ever WWE UK champion in a main event match with Pete Dunne. And we've seen the careers of Mustache Mountain and what's happened uh, with kind of the top tier guys in that tournament since that tournament happened. You know, especially Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne carrying that title as long as he did. He's just part of a tremendous triple threat North American championship match at the last NXT takeover. Um, it's It's amazing to watch these guys. And at some point, at some point, you're going to see Tyler Bate. You're going to see Pete Dunne. You're going to see a lot of these guys on the main roster, I believe, at some point. Right now, I'm glad that they're not on the main roster because they add a lot of star power to the NXT UK brand. Now, technically, Pete Dunne is, I think, in NXT, not NXT UK. Uh, he's kind of distanced himself, of course, since losing the NXT or the WWE UK championship to Walter, who is the force to be reckoned with in NXT UK. But there's some rumors floating around. Cesaro mentioned on Twitter that he was heading over to Cardiff for NXT UK TakeOver. And Pete Dunne responded to it, just said like, okay, or something like that. But rumors are now flying that maybe there's going to be a surprise Cesaro Pete Dunn match at NXT UK and I take over and I really hope that that happens on Saturday what a match that would be and it would be so great for Cesaro I think if anybody Cesaro desperately needs the opportunity to have a five-star match to have a match that everybody's talking about and let's be honest the people performing at TakeOver Cardiff are aware that they're performing on the same day for the American audience, I mean, I guess for the UK audience too, although I think with the time change, technically AEW All Out is on Sunday morning. It's the same hours of difference, but they're ahead of us. The reason that we're getting this special in the middle of the afternoon is because it's primetime over in the UK. Um, but realistically, these guys are going to want to put on a show that people are talking about on Sunday knowing that AEW has their pay-per-view happening as well. They want to be able to get at least some of that spotlight. And I think that Cesaro is a guy that wants to take full advantage of that opportunity. Cesaro is a guy who wants to grab that spotlight for himself and make sure that he gets the weekend. And I think Pete Dunne is the same way. I think if you've got a Cesaro-Pete Dunne match on that show, you're looking at two guys that want to take the weekend on, you know, a huge weekend for wrestling. I'm not saying they will take the weekend. I'm just saying when guys like Pete Dunne and Cesaro are in that mode, it's a treat for all of us because they're two of the best in the world. So I really, really hope that that match does happen. Matches that we know are happening, Travis Banks and Noam Dar going to be great. I'm fans of both of them. This match may steal the show. Dave Mastiff versus Joe Coffey in a last man standing match. If you've seen any of anything from these guys, the fact that they're getting the opportunity, and they know, by the way, they know, same way we're talking about Cesaro and Pete Dunne, but on a different level. These guys know 
the, the the eyes that are on these NXT UK takeovers, it's not dissimilar to NXT. There's a lot more people that watch NXT TakeOver, I believe, so far than there are that have watched NXT TV. I think that that all changes when NXT is on the USA Network. But for now, there are more people that watch TakeOvers than there are that watch NXT TV. I think the same can be said, and probably exponentially more, for NXT UK. I think there are a lot of people that do not watch NXT UK every week, but will tune in to this live show because it's Saturday afternoon. You got live wrestling on TV, and oh yeah, it's going to be, you know, I don't even know on what level. I mean, there are so many good wrestling shows right now. You, I would say that this show would be candidate for one of the best shows of the year, but it'd be a candidate along with like 30 other shows. So, but I, I, I do think that this match is just going to be a hard-hitting slugfest. And I think it's going to be a real treat for all of us. You got the triple threat tag title match. Zach Gibson and James Drake defending against Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster defending against uh, Gallus, which is Mark Coffey and Wolfgang. Um, I, I would, I don't know, you know... I, I would like to see Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster get the tag titles. You know, I like both those guys a lot. Um, you know, I think that they they add so much personality, and then once they get in the ring, just tear it up. I'm 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 a fan of both of those guys in a big way. I'd like to see them get the tag titles, but I wouldn't mind either if the champions retained. Two big matches on the show: NXT UK Women's Championship, Tony Storm versus Kaylee Ray. Tony Storm has some of the biggest buzz of anybody in all of the NXT UK brand. I think that you're nuts if you even consider taking the NXT UK Women's Championship off of the waist of Tony Storm. Look, you know, I think that the already, when you talk about the women that NXT UK has put on a platform, I think Rhea Ripley is going to be one of the biggest stars that NXT UK produces, period, male or female. I mean, Rhea Ripley, to me, I I am so... I I wanted her to hold the NXT UK championship forever until we got a champion versus champion Shayna Baszler-Rhea Ripley match. I think I could say the same thing about Tony Storm. I would love for Tony Storm for the next year to hold on to that NXT UK Women's Championship you know, or maybe not even for a full year, maybe until March, WrestleMania season, at the takeover that would go down in, where is WrestleMania? Uh, Tampa? Takeover Tampa, I guess it will be. That's a nice alliteration. Put Tony Storm as the NXT UK Women's Championship against Shayna Baszler as the NXT Women's Champion. I think it'd be cool. But I want Tony Storm to hold on to it forever. And then you've got Walter versus Tyler Bate, which is perfect. Because Tyler Bate is so small that the stuff that he's going to be able to do with Walter is going to be amazing. In terms of selling, he's going to make Walter look like an ogre. But the fact that he is freakishly strong. I mean, you see the quads on this guy? Just freakishly strong and so good in every position in a wrestling ring that the fact that he's going to be he's going to be able, I believe, Tyler Bate is going to be able to pull off moves against Walter that should be impossible for a guy of his size. You know, I think that Tyler Bate was the good guy star coming off of the NXT UK Championship Tournament. And for me, 
The only thing that stole his star power was Pete Dunne. All I cared about coming off of that NXT UK championship was Pete Dunne. Immediately, I was like, this guy's my favorite. This guy's the man. This guy's a star. I had him on the podcast not long after that UK championship tournament. Um, before the UK, NXT UK was even a brand, I had Pete Dunne on the, on the podcast because I was such a fan. Uh, but I think that Saturday at TakeOver Cardiff, that's going to be the night that Tyler Bate reminds people who he is because, you know, he had some amazing, amazing matches with Pete Dunne. But eventually, NXT moved on from having Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate, NXT UK champion, or, or WWE UK championship matches. And we saw Pete Dunne do some amazing, I'm sorry, uh, Tyler Bate do some amazing things in Mustache Mountain with Trent Seven. We saw him become a part of a great team. But really, the idea of him being a top single star was put on the back burner momentarily because at the end of the day, Pete Dunne was champion. He'd beat him a couple times. What else are you going to do? I think now we've gotten to a point where people need to be reminded what a championship caliber athlete this guy is. And I think they will be reminded at TakeOver Cardiff. I think it's going to be a really great show, especially... If you potentially add in a Cesaro match, maybe against Pete Dunne. But even these five matches are amazing. Uh, But regardless, um, I think it's going to be great. Story number four is all about the stories that are going on on SmackDown right now. Um, Kofi versus Randy being one. Brian versus Roman being two. So Kofi versus Randy, again, this is the story that I've been waiting for. But I think that somebody needs to... tell the villains of SmackDown they don't always have to go after families. It feels like Randy Orton saw Samoa Joe going after AJ Styles' family and he was like, oh, I'll do that to Kofi Kingston. Like, I think we can do a lot more dwelling on the real-life heat that may or may not have existed between Randy Orton and Kofi Kingston. I mean, make it uncomfortable. Make it relatable. You know, we all have people who we've worked with who we can we know are that person is actively working against me. That person has the ear of my boss and he's going to my boss and he is sabotaging me. He is slowing down my progress, you know? If we're getting Kofi's family involved at all, Kofi should be saying, "Randy, I don't want to hear about you going to my son's hotel room. I want to hear you explain to me what gives you the right? What gave you the right?" to make a concerted effort to take food off of my son's table. The WWE champion makes a whole hell of a lot more money than I've been making over the past 10 years trying to get back into the title scene. I could have been making that money, but you made sure that I didn't get the opportunities. It's like I said to JBL on the SummerSlam kickoff show. You could make the argument, well, if Kofi Kingston deserved it, he would have won the title. He didn't have any title matches. There you go. You can now blend that because you're going like, Sam, like we got to blend some storyline in here. We can't just tell the real story of what's going on behind the scenes. That's true. Why didn't Kofi Kingston have any title matches? Because Randy Orton was politicking against him. Put him at the bottom of the pile. And then have Kofi say it. Have Kofi say, and we all know, when you're not the shiny new toy in a certain person's eye in this company, 
There's not much that you can do to get back into good graces. It took me 10 years and a guy getting injured. The only reason I, Kofi Kingston, was finally able to get the opportunity that I got is because these fans made it undeniable. And once I got that opportunity, I showed the world how ready I was. Randy, I could have done this years ago, and you took it away from me. You stunted my career. You took food off my family's plate. And if it wasn't for Xavier Woods, who you put in a hospital, and if it wasn't for Big E coming to my aid when I needed them most and forming the New Day with me, I don't know where I'd be right now. If it wasn't for these fans making it undeniable, and if it wasn't for Big E and Xavier Woods holding me up like you never did, doing the opposite of what you did, I don't know where I would be right now. And it's not because I'm not good enough. Because the minute I got an opportunity, I went to the top and silenced every doubter. Every doubter. You know, tell the story of a guy who has had the best post-WrestleMania season of any WWE superstar on the roster. Tell that story. This is not a flash in the pan. Kofi went to SummerSlam and is left. He is still the champion from WrestleMania. And he's still a believable champion. And he's still the champion that people want. Randy Orton's the guy to say, well, yeah, now you're ready for it. No, dude, I've been ready for it. Now, apparently, you're ready for it. But that doesn't really bother me. What bothers me is that you actively campaigned against me, you know? That's the story that I want to see more of. Less of the, like, you know, I'm never mad when it gets personal. You know, it's relatable. Somebody was messing with my son, I'd be furious. Like, yeah, I get it. Bring out the angry side in Kofi. But I think you could bring out the angry side in Kofi by citing really, really, really getting into everything that happened 10 years ago. Because the buildup to SummerSlam, you scratched the surface, but you didn't really dive deep. You didn't make it ugly. You didn't make it hurt. You didn't hit the root, you know? You still haven't hit the root with that story as far as I'm concerned. And I think you could, and I think it'd be really good. The other story is the Roman Reigns-Daniel Bryan story. Of course, the who done it starting to be solved. Um, there are a couple of things with last week, or, or with this week, last week leading into this week. You know, it's weird. I saw some complaints about, like, uh, how... This week kind of nullified last week and how, you know, you couldn't really tell the difference in the video that we watched, which by the way, why did it take this long to get presented? But in the video that we watched, it could have just as easily been the weirdo with the red beard that we met last week on SmackDown as it was Eric Rowan. Like why did all of a sudden was it like, clearly that's Eric Rowan. Why didn't you go... Well, that's that's the guy that we had under a sheet last week. And what happened to the guy who was under the sheet last week? Still questions out there. And part of that is because I feel like every time there's new information to be put out there in the Roman Reigns-Daniel Bryan story, Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, and Eric Rowan have all of three minutes to cram into the last segment, the last you know quarter of a segment on an episode of SmackDown to just try to rush to get it all in. But... Uh, I, some people are like mad about it. And I, I, you know, 
I don't. I'm not sitting here going like, well, doesn't that nullify everything that happened last week? Like, if this was just going to happen, why would you do that? Like, we're finally getting a story that's being told over time. This is the same. Pe- these are the same people who thought that the story was getting rewritten two days after it happened because the angle wasn't good, which isn't true. Like, allow this long-form story to be told before you sit there and go, you know, well, this week made last week not make any sense. Well, okay, dude, but we're trying to see the forest through the trees. You know what I mean? Like, what do we want here? What What are we as fans fighting for? At the end of the day, I get it. We're fighting for quality. At the end of the day, whether it's long form or short form, we just want good stories and good matches, right? That's what we want. But I think that there is a need for long form stories. Everybody talks about, you know, the year-long build of the mega powers. And people constantly bring up that they want more long form storytelling and not like on a whim changes that, you know, make it so that nothing matters. And if that's the case, then you got to have the patience to let stuff play out. I mean, that's what we hear all the time is that you can't do these long form stories because you have two hours of SmackDown, three hours of Raw live every single week where you expect magic to happen every single week. You know, and if you want all the answers every single week, you can get them. But this storyline is not going to last all that long. So, you know, I think that, that that's something that people need to keep in mind when judging the progress of this storyline. In my mind, it's still playing out exactly as I thought it would play out. At the end of the day, whether it's Randy Orton, Kofi Kingston, whether it's Daniel Bryan and and the, and the Roman Reigns story from beginning to end, really, whether it's King of the Ring, whether it's any of this stuff, a lot of people do Raw and SmackDown recap podcasts. I do the recap podcast a week before the shows are actually on the air. I think that's pretty impressive. I've been hitting it out of the park with my, not even predictions, suggestions lately. I just want to put that out there. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm not, I, I, I'm still, I leave SmackDown not going like, well, that didn't make any sense. I leave SmackDown going, okay, where's this going? Because it is going somewhere. Every week it has gone somewhere. There's no reason for me to sit there and go, this isn't going anywhere. Because it is. Every week it has gone somewhere. We're just not at the final, to use a Daniel Bryan pun, we're not ready for the final countdown just yet. You know, I think that that we should go pretty far to convince people that there is a rift between Eric Rowan and Daniel Bryan. I think Daniel Bryan should fight Eric Rowan next week on SmackDown. I think there should be a match, and they should have a legit match, you know? And maybe, like, uh, Eric Rowan wins via countout. Right? Like, I think, like, like you could give... Uh, here's what I would do. I would do Eric Rowan versus Daniel Bryan next week on SmackDown. I would do uh, Eric Rowan, Daniel Bryan, like, building some real sort of old-school Daniel Bryan conquering the giant David versus Goliath type of magic. Then I would have Eric Rowan just lay a beat down on him. Just a bad, sympathetic good guy beat down not that Eric Rowan's a good guy but we're having we're, we're showing sympathy for the good guy Daniel Bryan I would have Eric Rowan not pin him but win by countdown just beat the tar out of him on the outside of the ring and 
Eric Rowan gets back in the ring. Almost like the Berserker used to win matches against jobbers by countout. He would give him like the gorilla press over the top rope. I would have Eric Rowan win by countout. Uh, I would then have Eric Rowan drag Daniel Bryan back into the ring and continue the beatdown. I would have Roman Reigns come out and save Daniel Bryan. I would have Roman Reigns stare down Eric Rowan. I would have Daniel Bryan like, you know, shaking Roman's hand saying, thank you. And then I would have the challenge made by Roman Reigns, whoever the, the match announced at Clash of Champions. Because again, let's get Roman Reigns on a pay-per-view, but let's not put him in a title match. Eric Rowan versus Roman Reigns. And you've done two things here. You've made it so that Eric Rowan is clearly the bad guy who's responsible for this attack. And you've made Eric Rowan look like a powerful force in the sense that he just beat Daniel Bryan into oblivion, right? So you're not sitting there going like Roman Reigns versus some jobber. Like you're spending the next couple weeks before uh, Clash of Champions. You're spending, or unless it's Night of Champions, I think it's Clash of Champions. You're spending that time building up Eric Rowan as this guy who could legitimately beat Roman Reigns. And then, maybe the next week, Daniel Bryan's off TV entirely. Maybe he's just on a promo, whatever it is. But Daniel Bryan becomes almost ancillary. But he's a good guy again. Like, he basically has a babyface turn over the course of a week or two. Only to have Daniel Bryan interfere on Eric Rowan's behalf at Night of Champions. That leads us to a Hell in a Cell match between Eric Rowan, between Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns, maybe between Eric Rowan and Daniel Bryan against Roman Reigns at Hell in a Cell, some schmoz thing happens and we get to Survivor Series with Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. I mean, it's kind of like, that's why I'm not covering King of the Ring this week because I was 100% right this week again. So I could just sit here and say the same thing. I feel like I've this, this is very similar to what I laid out last week for Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan because uh, I've been right. So I don't want to toot my own horn, but tootily toot, 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 okay? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm happy with it because uh, I've I've been pretty right so far, even with the Samoa Joe thing. Pretty impressive. Gotta take one more time out from the podcast so I could tell you about something I'm very excited about, and that's the new season, okay? I'm excited about Antonio Brown being on the Raiders. I'm excited about Le'Veon Bell being on the Jets. Odell Beckham being in Cleveland. You're sitting there going, Sam, do you know anything about what you're talking about right now? Since when do you care about football? And I'm telling you, since I figured out how to make money caring about football, trust me when I tell you, I will be watching every single NFL game this season. You know why? Because I can make money every single weekend Thanks to my bookie. You see, my bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. They got better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book. You know what that means? Somebody like me, who is a total idiot when it comes to sports, but a grand champion when it comes to prop bets, can still make money on my bookie. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs 100 bucks to enter. I don't know how the company stays in business, but I'm really not worried about that. I'm worried about taking money from them, not giving it back, okay? 
All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business and and you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. I'm about to dive headfirst into fantasy simply because I can make money with it on my bookie. Join now and you can get up to $1,000 first deposit bonus and double your first deposit. I'm not kidding. All you have to do is use promo code NOTSAM to activate the offer. N-O-T-S-A-M to activate the offer. That's my bookie online today. M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use promo code NOTSAM, N-O-T-S-A-M, when creating your account so that you can claim your bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Let's get back to the show. Uh, let's move on to story number three. Of course, we talked at the top of the show about Monday Night Raw coming back to Madison Square Garden. We all know that that's a big night. A lot of it is because that's September 9th. September 8th, the night before Raw comes back to Madison Square Garden, Not Sam Wrestling will be live at Caroline's on Broadway. Lots of great guests, lots of great fun happening. It's going to be an amazing celebration. Carolines.com for tickets. It's my birthday show. It's everything going on all at the same time. You're going to regret not being there. Carolines.com, Sunday, September 8th, 7 p.m., Not Sam Wrestling, live. But the news that broke out about that show is that Stone Cold Steve Austin will be at Raw in Madison Square Garden. Big deal. Madison Square Garden is a big spot for Raw. Madison Square Garden, I remember because I was there, is where Kane got unmasked for the first time. Madison Square Garden, I remember because I was there, is where Triple H returned from his injury to announce that he was going to be in the Royal Rumble. He returned from his quad injury. And it was literally to this day, to this day, to this day, it was the biggest crowd reaction I've ever heard. It was incredible. People forget in that era how popular Triple H was. He really was. Um... Madison Square Garden, also the the night Stone Cold Steve Austin stunned Vince McMahon. And that was a bigger deal than I think people even realize. Because Vince McMahon was not sort of, people knew, but on screen, he didn't really play up the fact that he was the owner of the company. But this is when Stone Cold Steve Austin was out with his neck injury coming off of SummerSlam 97. And he started stunning people that normally didn't have much physical contact. You know, stunning a referee. He stunned, gave JR the Stone Cold Stunner. He gave Sergeant Slaughter the Stone Cold Stunner. And there was this thing that as fans, you were like, oh my God. Like nobody had ever really put their hands on Vince McMahon in a, in a real way. Is Vince McMahon going to take a stunner? This was before he was, you know, getting spat on by Bret Hart. This was before he was uh, uh, doing matches. This was before we'd even seen him in a tank top, okay? This was Vince McMahon in a black denim jacket that said raw on it. Before that was as casual as we'd ever seen him. Before that, it was just that weird sky blue double-breasted suit. So he stunned him at Madison Square Garden. Huge moment. Huge, huge moment. Uh, Madison Square Garden has missed the last few moments. They didn't get raw 20 or 25, I guess it was. There's there's a couple of them there. Uh, It's been years. 
since Raw was at Madison Square Garden. Stone Cold's coming back. And you would have to imagine that a lot of this has to do with promoting his show. And that there is a high likelihood that this could go like uh, Raw Reunion went, where Stone Cold comes out, he does a promo. It could go like the Raw 25 show went, where he comes out, he does a promo, maybe he stuns Vince McMahon again. You know, and I'm, I don't, nobody would be mad if Stone Cold just comes out and has a fan service moment. But hear me out on this. What if, forgive the noise in the background if you hear it, what if Stone Cold Steve Austin, he comes out, he's drinking beers, he's doing the whole thing with everybody. Mr. McMahon comes out. Not the, not Shane, not Stephanie. We don't want an exact repeat of what happened at the Barclays Center. But Mr. McMahon comes out and he goes, Steve, we've had good times and bad times. You know, it was right here that you stunned me. <laughs> but Steve, I'm glad we're on the same page. Blah, blah, blah. They go back and forth, right? They tease it. We kind of know what's coming. They cheers a beer. They tease it. Oh, Vince, I'm not going to stun you. Okay, great. Steve says it. I'm not going to stun you. Blah, blah, blah. There is one more thing, though, Vince. And he goes, what's that, Steve? And he goes, I thought I remember. I, there was something I told you all those years ago. And, and Vince goes, what's that? And he goes, DTA, you stupid son of a bitch. Don't trust nobody. And then he stuns him right there. Right there. Boom. People go nuts. DTA, he's up on the top rope. First corner, second corner, third corner. He goes up to that fourth corner. He puts his arms up in the air. One of the lights goes out. Oh, my God. Stone Cold looks around like, what is that? Boop, boop. Brrr. Another one of the lights goes out. The fans are going, no effing way. Boop, boop, boo. There goes the third one. Stone Cold is standing in the ring. He's not going to run from anybody. Boop, boop, boo. There goes the fourth one. This couldn't be. This couldn't be. There he is. The fiend is here stone cold turns around he looks at the fiend he gives the fiend the double bird he puts the boot up to kick him the fiend slaps the boot out of the way and he gives steve austin the mandible claw he puts it he, get, he, he slaps the boot out of the way he grabs him stone cold's looking up at him he kisses him on the head we think he's going to give him the sister abigail but he locks it down puts the two fingers in Gives Steve the mandible claw and puts Stone Cold Steve Austin down. That's what I'm advocating for. You go to Madison Square Garden with Stone Cold Steve Austin. You do that. Oh, my God. Do you have everybody talking about The Fiend forever? You get the fan service moment. You get Vince taking a stunner again in Madison Square Garden. And then you get The Fiend coming out after laying out Kurt Angle. After laying out Mick Foley, after laying out Jerry the King Lawler, he lays out Stone Cold Steve Austin. Look, a lot of people have laid out legends before. Nobody's laid out Stone Cold Steve Austin. You remember WrestleMania? Stone Cold stunned the entire New Day. People don't lay him out. You want to make The Fiend different? You want to put him a step above? All of a sudden, The Fiend is not laying out legends that other people have laid out. And really, when you think about it, Kurt Angle, Mick Foley, 
legends of the Attitude Era, the same era that Stone Cold Steve Austin is a legend of. These are the guys that Stone Cold Steve Austin would have had matches with. You know, if he can lay out Kurt Angle and he can lay out Mick Foley, and quite frankly, he can lay out the king of Memphis, Tennessee, Jerry the King Lawler, why couldn't he lay out Stone Cold Steve Austin? If Stone Cold Steve Austin is not currently wrestling in a ring, then why wouldn't the Fiend be tough enough to lay out Steve Austin? That's what I want to see. Fan service, feel good, stunner to Vince McMahon, celebrate, beers, lights start going out, Fiend. We think it's going to be a sister Abigail. It's the mandible claw. And the Fiend gets up, and that's it. That's what I want to see. And I'll tell you one of the main reasons I want to see it is story number two. Story number two, I think a Hell in a Cell is going to be in Sacramento this year. It's the next pay-per-view. And the venue is promoting that at Hell in a Cell, there's going to be a Hell in a Cell universal title match between Bray Wyatt and either Seth Rollins or Braun Strowman. Now, it's not a mistake because they're being careful enough to say either Braun Strowman or Seth Rollins. So, you know, at this moment, that's kind of nuts. He's had one match. He beat Finn Balor. It was a great match. It was dominant. He's had one match, a bunch of vignettes, and several run-ins. He's got nothing booked for Clash of Champions right now. He's had no television matches, which, again, I don't think he should. But, so right now, story number two doesn't make all the sense in the world. It's almost like you wish that The Fiend would lay out some more people. And, you know, we talk about Kofi Kingston being undeniable. Make The Fiend undeniable. Make it so that the only thing The Fiend has left to do is go for that Universal Championship before he goes for the Universal Championship. But... If you have The Fiend lay out Steve Austin, then I, I would think that the Universal Championship is kind of the next logical step. If you lay out Steve Austin, the only legend you have, you have two legends left to lay out, The Rock and The Undertaker. You know, realistically, if The Fiend laid out Hulk Hogan, I think we'd all assume that he would lay out Hulk Hogan. I think we'd all assume he'd lay out Ric Flair. You know, these are guys, but Steve Austin... That would put him on a whole nother level. And it would put him on the other level, the type of level you would need to be on to go to Hell in a Cell and compete against Seth Rollins or Braun Strowman. I would imagine Seth Rollins, if that's actually happening. You know, if that is the way it's going to go. I hope it does. And I hope that that's how we get there. All right, so that was story number two. Let's get into story number one, and that is, of course, uh, All Out is going down on Saturday night, AEW's second pay-per-view. Fourth show? Yeah, they did They did Double or Nothing. Then they did Fight for the Fallen. Then they, they've done, they did two shows on Bleacher Report Live, right? Yeah, and then they did, and then this will be the pay-per-view. Look, man. You know, I like that NXT is going head-to-head with AEW because AEW has put on, the one pay-per-view they've put on was really great. AEW has not yet put on a show that's been better than the best takeover. AEW has not yet put on a show that, in my opinion, is better than a takeover 
in this era of NXT. In my opinion. Could they? Yeah, of course. You know, they've got a, a tremendous talent roster, and they've only put on one pay-per-view. So it's not like I'm saying, like, AEW is not as good as NXT. AEW is not better or worse than anything yet. It's like Facebook in the beginning of the Facebook movie. We don't know what it is yet. We don't know what it is. Like, people who are like, it's better than WWE. No, it's not. It's worse than WWE. No, it's not. It's They've had one pay-per-view and two televised live events, theoretically, right? You know, I would say between October 2nd and the pay-per-view after that, that will be when we can decide what it's better or worse than. When we see the run of TV weekly television shows leading into their first pay-per-view, I think that's when educated opinions can really start to be formed on, on AEW. But uh, they took a big hit. Uh, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley has MRSA in his elbow, and so he's not going to be able to uh, compete at all out. So the John Moxley-Kenny Omega match is not happening. If this pay-per-view doesn't suffer too much because of it, it's almost a blessing in disguise because now you've got a big John Mo- You've got a big match to go with the next pay-per-view. You know what I mean? It's not like Kenny Omega versus John Moxley is going anywhere. So as soon as John Moxley is able to compete again, putting that match on the next pay-per-view is still a huge match, right? And they replaced that with Pac, the former Neville, uh, versus Kenny Omega, uh, which is a great replacement. Like, that's going to be a, an amazing match, especially since nobody really knew what the status of of the bastard Pac was. So, you know, I, I think that AEW has done a good job of, of fixing that issue. I don't think that it's nearly as big as John Moxley because I think there's still a lot of WWE Dean Ambrose fans that want to see John Moxley be John Moxley and want to see him in a match. That would be by far the biggest match he's had since leaving WWE. So, you know, I think eventually everything will be okay. I think it sucks for this weekend for AEW. Uh, it doesn't suck as much as it would have because they got Pac, but it still sucks. Let's go over what the matches are. Of course, the 21-woman casino battle royale. Uh, winner receives uh, a match for the inaugural AEW Women's World Championship scheduled for October 2nd. Um, so I guess that they'll decide. I don't know who that match is going to be with, uh, you know, the way that they did. Uh, unless, no, they didn't say that the triple threat women's match was that. I don't think so. I don't think that they've made any decision as to how they're going to determine who the other woman will be. Um they could do it. Razor Ramon, Rick Martel rules. The last two women in this battle royal um, get the match. But I don't think that they've done that. I think that they're going to have another women's match the same way they did the men's casino battle royale at the first AEW pay-per-view. That was the one that Adam Page won. Chris Jericho beat Kenny Omega. Now you got Jericho versus uh, Hangman Adam Page. Obviously, there'll be some kind of match uh, to determine who the opponent of the winner of the 21-woman Casino Battle Royale will be uh, to determine the first women's uh, champion. So you've got that, which I think will be tremendous. Uh, Rio versus Hikaru Shida. I don't know either of those two guys. Uh, I have no doubt that it'll be good, but it'll be on the pre-show. Those are the two pre-show matches. Then you've got uh, six-man tag, the trios, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt. You know, if you're going to have Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt, 
Might as well put them together, right? I like the idea of Luchasaurus having one guy on each shoulder when he comes to the ring. You know, the boys share their dinosaur. Versus, of course, SCU, SoCal Uncensored, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. Um, you know, if I, I don't know. You, you, I, I would, it's weird because on one end I would say, you know, I think you want to build sympathy for Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy and have them lose. I think that SoCal Uncensored would probably do well to really start to define themselves as bad guys, and that would be one way to do it. But at the same time, part of it is, you know, especially with the Marco Stunt story, like the feedback that he got online from people saying that, well, you're too small, you you shouldn't even be a pro wrestler. You know, having that person get a victory on the first pay-per-view wouldn't be the worst thing in the world either. Um, Also on the... Oh, I'm sorry. The the Rio Hikaru Shida match is not on the pre-show. Uh, there was, I, I looked at my list wrong. The other pre-show match is Angelico and Jack Evans versus Private Party. I mean, that match is going to steal the pre-show for sure. That's going to be an incredible match. Uh, you got the Cracker Barrel Clash, which I'm looking forward to. Of course, the Cracker Barrel Clash. Darby Allen versus Joey Janela versus Jimmy Havoc. Uh, I wonder if Cracker Barrel knows what they're in for. I don't mind uh, having sponsored matches. Um... I think that you got to keep the same energy. You know, I get that Cracker Barrel is a more organic sponsor than like some of the WWE sponsors, but if you're okay with the Cracker Barrel Clash, I think you got to be okay with, you know, whatever sponsor presents the next Raw match. Yeah, I think it's all fine. Um, but obviously, it's going to be no holes barred because it's a triple threat match. Uh, and I think this one is, I, I think that this will be Darby Allen's match to win. I think that they're making a star out of Darby Allen. Joey Janela will get his time. And he already kind of has a lot of buzz. I think Darby Allen will win the match because I think that they, a lot of people were talking about Darby Allen after the Cody Rhodes match. And I know a lot of people wanted Darby Allen to beat Cody. So um, I think that this will be kind of the make good for that. I don't think that Darby should have beaten Cody, by the way. But I do think that, that, that they're trying to build Darby Allen into something, I think. Uh, you got the Lucha Brothers. Versus the Young Bucks, I could watch this. It's for the, uh, oh, it's a ladder match for the AAA uh, tag team. Oh, WWE Front Row is correcting me. Rio and uh, Hikaru Shida are uh, female wrestlers. So, I again, I have no idea who they are, but it should be good. Clearly, I have no idea who they are because I just said they were men wrestlers. But if you use that clip out of context, please also include my correction. Uh, and then you could still mock me. The uh, AAA World Tag Team Championship ladder match, you know, it's going to be unreal. I go watch the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks. The only danger is I feel like they're going to take the entire show for themselves. Not in a negative way, but who wouldn't want to see this match go for three hours? <laughs> you know? Um, I think it's going to be great. I think this is uh, this is what AEW is all about, matches like this. You know, the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers, I think everybody wants to see them in WWE and NXT for a reason. So, uh, yeah, I, I can't imagine a better opponent for either team. And if you're going to do that match again, we've already seen it, make it a ladder match this time, killer. Killer, killer, killer. Uh, we got the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta versus the Dark Order. Winners will receive a first-round bye in the AEW World Tag Team Championship Tournament. So, really, this is the first match in the AEW World Tag Team Championship Tournament. It's the same thing like I would imagine the team that loses I mean I guess 
I guess you could put the other team back in the tournament, and that's how you could save them. But theoretically, this is just a first-round AEW Tag Team Championship tournament match. I hope the best friends win. You know, I, the Dark Order doesn't do it for me at all. Like, I, you know, I don't... Dark Order feels a little cheese to me. It doesn't do it for me at all. But I like Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta. Uh, Cody Rhodes versus Sean Spears. That's the grudge match, of course, everybody's looking forward to. Now Sean Spears has Tully Blanchard in his corner. I would imagine there will not be any chair shots to the head, gimmicked or non-gimmicked. But, look, I mean, realistically, if I ask you, I mean, Cody is in a tough spot now because he kind of got called out. You know, Vince McMahon talked about the uh, uh, bloodletting happening at uh, the, the bloodbath that was going on at their competitors. Cody has bled on every show. But you're trying to tell this story between Cody Rhodes and Sean Spears as this betrayal of friends, ultimate grudge match. I feel like this one requires blood too. I doubt that there, I mean, I don't doubt that there will be, but I would think that there wouldn't be. But we'll see, right? If anything deserved blood on this show, it would be Cody versus Sean Spears. Um, You know, I kind of wonder, with all the great stories that are being told around Cody Rhodes, and I guess it's just Cody. I shouldn't be calling him Cody Rhodes. You almost wonder if we're going too quick. I mean, I guess they didn't want to do a whole long thing with Dustin Rhodes and AEW maybe, but Cody versus Dustin, incredible story. Cody versus Sean Spears, incredible story. Like to have these matches already happening, even Cody versus Darby Allen. I mean, maybe just because Cody Rhodes is a good storyteller and he makes you believe in every match, but you almost want to go like, pace yourself, buddy, pace yourself. Then you got, we already talked about it, Pac versus Kenny Omega. As good, I think, a substitution as you could possibly find for John Moxley. And then, of course, your main event for the evening for the inaugural AEW World Championship, Adam Page versus Chris Jericho. I think if it's up to me, uh, Chris Jericho wins this match, becomes the AEW World Champion, heel champion. You know, I do think, I mean, look at... You know, they hire Tony Schiavone, they hire JR, they hire, like, I, I, I feel, and it's, you know, it's Cody and his road sensibilities. I feel like a lot of what AEW is doing does harken back to the NWA days. Like, they are looking at that as a model more than the WWE, I think. And that being said, it wouldn't be shocking if the way that WWE usually has a good guy champion, if AEW starts out with a bad guy champion, um... You know, I think Chris Jericho is the guy to do it, obviously. I think if you want to have press conferences, you want to have media coverage, you want Chris Jericho to be the guy who's holding your championship. Makes your product seem like a bigger deal to people who don't know. I also think that you should give Adam Page a year to really build his star. Really build his star for a year. Have Adam Page not get a rematch against Chris Jericho for one year. Next year at All Out or whatever it's called by then, have Adam Page challenge Jericho to a rematch for the title. And that's when you have Adam Page's coronation, a year into this thing. For the next year, Adam Page does not get a title match. For the next year, Chris Jericho defends the title successfully. And I think that's really how you make Adam Page next level. Because in the meantime, you can do Chris Jericho versus Moxley. You can do, you can do as many Chris Jericho versus Omega matches as you want. You can do Chris Jericho versus Cody. You could have Chris Jericho versus Darby Allen. You have Chris Jericho versus Janela. You could have, there's plenty of matches to have within the next year, and then eventually get back to Adam Page. I mean, who knows? 
a year from now where Marty Skrull will be, you know? Uh, but yeah, that's how kind of I see it going. Uh, we'll probably be jumping on the Patreon page, Patreon slash Not Sam Wrestling, uh, for the Not Sam Shells to do a post show uh, after All Out has ended. Uh, so you can enjoy that right along with me if you are a Not Sam Shell. Don't forget to get those tickets. Caroline's on Broadway. You can go to carolines.com. You can go to notsam.com. You can visit Not Sam across social media and find links all over the place to get to the Not Sam Wrestling live show. It's going to be a great show. It goes down September 8th, a week from Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern. You're going to want to be there. You're going to be disappointed if you miss it. Trust me when I tell you. And we will see you next week right here on Not Sam Wrestling. Thanks for listening. Follow at Not Sam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.